So my name is Steven with Burkhart Creative Agency. Um, basically, uh, we like we basically make content for small businesses. Um, we give them a chance to uh, get their name out there, send their message out there. Um, we, we do dabble on the front end of things as far as like getting them set up with their messaging. <clears throat> so that way they're talking about the right things. Otherwise, they're just making videos of just, you know, they're kind of aimless. And, um, and so basically we help them focus their message. We create content that is in like the voice that they want to be in as far as um, having like the tone and the um, kind of like the relationship qualities that the small business owner would like and then be able to put that stuff out there in the right way so that it gets engaged with um, and actually get some traction. And I know that's something like a lot of small business owners struggle with is, is when they, you know, when they take the scary step of passing the baton to somebody else to create content, um, you know, there's always that fear that, that whoever takes over won't really like um, produce work that sounds like them and um, ends up like, it ends up um, uh, not, not communicating the same way. It doesn't actually do as well. Like there was a business owner I talked to who owns a brewery in Phoenix and he was saying like, oh, like every time someone else posts stuff, like it doesn't do well. Every time I post stuff, it does really well. And I think it's because there was a disconnect between like the brand and the voice of the brand and um, what other people were posting. So that's kind of a, a long intro. But basically what we're doing here is uh, meeting up and just really giving small business advice. This is the Digital Hustle Show. And I basically just interview other people who are in the marketing space or small business owners. And they can basically like share with us their um experience and their things that they have learned along the way um, that would help small business owners grow their following and actually make money uh by leveraging content so that's kind of my thing so anyways jordan if you want to go ahead and, and take a swing at that and just uh, talk a little bit about what you do for businesses because i think we do something a little bit similar but also just probably have a little bit of a different take on it too so yeah definitely and I think you're a lot more of the visual and I'm more of the um, back end, I like to say. So um, I started pre-focused about, well, I guess it's been three or four, maybe four or five years now. I don't know. I've, it's always been in the back of my mind just what a pre-focus is. It's, it's the idea, the concept before you're actually spending money, understanding what you're doing before you're promoting it, understanding who your audience is, understanding who your ideal culture is or what your ideal culture is within the workplace and really building that brand identity that then guys like Steven can communicate really well. Um, you know, whether that's visually, whether that's um, on your website, whether that's just uh, during events, um, or maybe you have different, um, you know, just every, every business has different promotions. You know, you go to casinos, it's a little bit more flamboyant. You go to senior homes and it's very, you know, all about safety and health and well-being and stuff like that. So it's about really understanding the business at its core. And that's where I think of pre-focus is because when it comes to marketing, everything needs to derive from a purpose or your identity. It's not driving from that or funneling from that and going this way. Uh, it doesn't make sense to people when you're just an option. You're just a service. You're just a product. There's no experience there. There's no memory there. It's, it's a give and take, right, if you may. So I, I guess long story short is I work with the companies in developing that. You know, what, are, what are your core competencies? What are your brand characteristics? What's your personality? You know, if you had a character for your business, you know, who would it be? Would it be Dun Da Da, Mighty Mouse? Right. Or would it be Little Mouse? You know, a little mouse and an elephant or something. 
Uh, and then really painting the picture of your main ideal customer, um, who's going to value you absolutely the most, and finding the three or four or five other categories where people will value you, but they're not going to sustain your loyalty. And, and that's a lot of fun for me. I, my business partner is Nate Steely. He works for Blue Soft websites. And so we, we really work hand in hand with him uh, taking that discovery, implementing it into a strategy, us mapping it out, working with guys like Steven to bring it to life, really. I think that's super huge. Like I was literally just talking to someone the other day and they were talking about like how they're struggling to make content and stuff like that. And, um, and you can kind of tell this even by looking at their Instagram, like they'd have like some images that were this way and like some work that was that way. And it was kind of like, no, just like unfocused, not to totally drop the focus term in there. But um, it, it, people put a lot of pressure on themselves to try to figure that out really quickly, right? Nice. <laughs> People put a lot of pressure on themselves to figure that out right away. And that a lot of people really do need help. And I know like even for me, it's been like a huge journey that I feel like I'm still on to figure out like what exactly is it that I stand for. And I think most people, and, and I'm sure you could, I'd love for you to touch on this, honestly, since you've done like some of, a lot of that pregame, which is um, people think that when they are focusing a lot that they're like killing their ability to make money with a bunch of different people. But the reality is, is at least something that I found refreshing in being more focused, especially like on small business owners and the industries that I want to work with is I, I get more knowledgeable. I have like more depth of knowledge in that business. And so I'm sure like I'd say, I'd love for you to touch on this as you hone in what kind of customer you want to have, you actually get to know that customer better. They become like a best friend and you end up actually being able to reach them better. And like someone from the outside might be saying like, okay, well, that's cool. It's like, so you want to just make more money, but that's not the point. Like the point is the better you get to know someone, the more you actually like get to care for them because you know how to, if that makes sense. So I'd love for you to touch a little bit on like how, what the advantage is to like really honing in on a specific customer. Yeah, it really comes to relatability. I mean, you don't, you don't hang out with somebody that you don't have a lot of interests with, that you don't sure. share interests with, right? Um, you know, you can have a restaurant that makes really good biscuits and gravy, but if you're targeting a customer that really just wants eggs and bacon, you know, what are we doing here? You're just spinning your wheels. So, um, you know, I guess long story short, to answer your question, you know, being able to understand yourself first, um, it's just like people. You know, I understand who I am, what I stand for, you know, who am I at, at my core? That allows me to get along better with people. I know what my tendencies are. I know what my weaknesses are. I know what my, my vulnerability is, right? And when I'm open with those types of things and I share those types of things, other people are more willing to share those things with me. So that's where it starts with the business, you being open about those, and it allows people to connect with you. So sometimes you don't even really have to market. Um, you know, for me, for example, you know, I've, I've been in a bunch of startups. I've, I've worked in marketing agencies. I've, I've seen, you know, work for corporations global corporations and then, you know, complete medical startups, right? And you see the different cultures. So me being able to say I have that experience, be able to say I have, hey, I, I know what a startup looks like. I know what a great global corp, uh, a global organization looks like. And here's some of the pitfalls. Here's some of the things that you might face. Here's some of the ways I've failed over the years and what I've learned, just what we're doing right now. And that really is what draws people in because they're intrigued. They believe in that. Um, they value that and they believe in you. As a business owner. So I think first and foremost, that's, you know, I like to say fa failing forward as often as you can is one of the best marketing tactics you can have. But the second is always like you keep bringing up is understanding your customers because mm -hmm. 
that's where the dots get to be connected. And I think that's where a lot of the times the darts are missed because um, we're shooting at the wrong board. 100%. Well, and it's at that point, it's tough for anyone to create like content that's going to be uh, able to reach out for people because if they don't know, like you said, it's like they, if they don't know what they're aiming for, then you know what I mean? Then like, how do you make content for that? Like, how do you shoot a video if you have no idea who it's for? So, yeah, uh, I think that's, that's, what social media is, that's what social media is so scary. Uh, it should be intimidating to people. And I think they make it easy to do. They make it easy to manage. They even pay-per-click now on Google. They make it really user-friendly. You can automate it and stuff. But if you really don't know what you're doing and you really don't know where you're aiming, like you said, you can waste so much money for that one customer. And at the end of the day, if you spend $10,000 in one month and you get 100 customers, you know, what is that, a 10, uh, what is that about 10 to 1 return? Or, you know, about 100 bucks a customer, right? Man, long week. Anyways, you got to, that's, that's your, that's, that's what your, your reality is. And that's how much you're spending. And that's, that to you, that's like, this is average or this is just what it is. But what right. if you spend $10,000 on Google ads and you get 500 customers and you're targeting specific searches or you're targeting specific people in specific places um, that have certain behaviors and Basically, uh, you, know, you can have results anything that you do in marketing. Quantitative measures, social media, publishing, publishing, publishing. You're always going to eventually get in somebody. You're going to close somebody that needs you right now. But if we're not working towards the long-term goal here, we're not working towards driving down acquisition costs, sustaining the business, hiring the right people to service those customers. We don't have a good customer loyalty program or uh, customer service in general to nurture those customers. You're going to have to just keep starting over. You're going to have to keep doing the same stuff on Facebook and you're going to get over. So that's really the point of it all is pre-focused stuff. It's not just to be effective, right? To have good marketing. It's, it's for you. It's to save you money. It's to sustain the business and it's to create something, which I would think everybody wants to do when you start a business is to create a big business or a successful one. At least we don't, you don't want to stay stagnant forever. Definitely. I think that's, that's it's funny you say that because just the other day I was I was kind of doing like um, um, a pro and con to like scaling businesses um, because one of the things you know I was thinking about is like no one no one's gonna hire you know a marketing company who's not looking to scale because they're happy with where they're at uh, but the reality is it's like you said like the first thing that happens when you don't scale or grow your business is that it ends up becoming stagnant like you said and so it's like one of those things where all of a sudden you start introducing all these problems and you get like boredom, you get lack of creativity. Um, when you're not scaling, you're not bringing in like new talent and new ideas, new minds to be able to like help uh, stimulate the business and actually produce better products. And so not scaling is really the death, I think, of a lot of companies um, unless they you know, have like a really specific kind of business. Um, so yeah, so I think that's super great insight. Now you've talked about a little bit about um, you working in a lot of startups. Is that is working in those startups kind of like really what got you started in like having your own business where you're doing this for companies or like what kind of got you kickstarted and thinking you wanted to do that? Because let's be honest, running a small business is like not like a pleasure cruise. It's it's a ton of work. So what what was so compelling about it that you wanted to jump in? But to be honest, Stephen, I mean, I think I wrote a thesis, or I guess you call it a thesis paper, research paper in college. And I mean, I've just always been really burdened by advertising. 
how cheesy it is, how, um, you know, it's, it's manipulative, right? It's persuasive. And I've always been like, how, how can you create something that makes people feel your business, that makes you, makes them feel your brand, that makes them want to be a part of that draws them in. So, and so really I studied that for a while. As I went, as I worked in corporate America and, and these startups and stuff, I just always had that in the back of my mind. I've always had notebooks. Not that I'm stealing stuff from people, but just the things that I see, the actualities of businesses. So I think, and to be honest with you, it got to a point where I was writing my business plan, creating the website, still didn't quite have the name yet, but um, I ended up getting fired. Uh, I was working at a startup and they literally wiped everybody and then brought in, we built everything, uh, processes, business, marketing, branding, everything from the ground. It was like five of us guys working together and one gal, and they literally wiped it and then brought cheaper employees in. Um, they were struggling or something. I really still don't know to this day. But it forced me. It really forced me to start my business. I had right. shoulder surgery. I was riding a Harley. I couldn't go anywhere. I'm on pain pills. I got four kids at the time. And my wife wasn't working. So I literally was like, all right, here we go. And I think everybody doubted it. Doubted it. Didn't understand it. And it took me a while to explain it. Probably a year. I think the first year I made eight grand. It was hard, you know, war on me, war on my marriage, everything. But totally. it really allowed, it really made me say, hey, is, you know, George, is this like, is this really how you feel? Is this, is this real? Like, do you think this is going to work? Or is this just an idea or a dream? Or is this important? And I, when I finally realized, like, this stuff is important. We're bridging the gap between the idea and marketing, you know, from a dreams and reality, right, with businesses. Because so many people have the same thing as me, but they don't. They don't want to put the time in to do it. So by the time I developed my brand for a year, whatever it was, understood my message, how I'm selling it, what my services are, uh, it took a while. I, I took a lot of loss. But now, you know, we're, we're uh, I think, about a quarter of a million this year just in revenue. And I'm, I don't even really work that much anymore just because we're helping businesses sustain and, and businesses trust us and they understand, hey, at any point I can reach out to Jordan or whoever else is on the team. And they're going to give me positive feedback. And so that, I guess, is a three-part answer. Is I was forced, um, then I had to do the work. Like, I know you're all about that. Um, and then I had um, to be able to be relatable. Right? I had to be able to say, hey, this, is, this works. It worked for me. And I have to be able to prove that if I'm going to sell it. That, that is a good point. <laughs> Provable results. That's, uh, that's a huge one. There's a lot of people online that that claim uh, they can help you, but then there's no, no, no proof. Yeah. So especially in something that's like a little less um, physically evident, like I can make a video and prove that I can shoot video, but like, it's hard to like prove that you can do results unless you have like a really solid case study. Um, so it's cool that you've been able to manage with that. Um, and congratulations on the growth. That's super awesome that you've like come that far. Obviously like you can't like in this day and age, um, news spreads so fast if someone's like not you know is full of crap so like it's cool that you're making that money because obviously it's it's legit because otherwise you wouldn't have return customers and you wouldn't have you know you wouldn't be retaining them uh retaining them uh it's funny um, you know it's funny one of my our first major clients uh, was a legal company and man they battled me so bad I, so many people look at me if they, if they think i'm young i'm 35 you know, I got five kids, and so I'm I'm pretty grown, 
And I think they just underestimate and then they want to believe what they want to believe. It took a year for us to just really persuade them. And now it's one of our best clients. And I think that's what it's all about is just learning how to feel forward, right? And then be humble about your success. And it always finds you as long as you're consistent. And unfortunately, Mark, and you know more than anybody, it's hard to compete here because everybody's saying the same thing. So you have to understand too that, hey, you do, you're going to, no matter how good I am or how good I think I am, I, I'm going to have to prove myself to people. Well, I think that one of the things I've discovered, at least with some of the brands, not necessarily even brands I worked with, the brands of just like that I know that like really stand out as unique. Um, there are magazines, websites, blogs, other businesses who are hungry to work with someone who is unique. And um, I think embracing the uniqueness of your brand is super huge because then you're going to open those floodgates. Um, like for example, one of my friends, uh, Stacy open uh, has a, a, a men's spa called we do men. And it's like very like BA it's like very like in your face and like F bombs are being dropped and stuff like that. She has no end to how much PR she gets, which most people would be like, Oh, that's crazy. Like no one would ever should ever swear. But like she has people that she works with who love her because she actually is like super bold. And that's like what they want. They want those bold people to come in. And that's just like one example of like one industry. Um, but I think that's one of those things where it's like, don't be afraid to stand out because there are people who are trying to keep vanilla off of their blogs, off of their websites, off of their like, you know, magazines, and they want something unique that stands out. And so when you actually embrace that and um, embrace your uniqueness, I think that's when you actually start to cut through the market a little bit. Um, and, you know, and that just, you know, you're part of that as well. When you talk about how you really got your message focusing, um, you got your message focused, then that's when you started like really seeing the progress because you like really knew what you stood for. And that like was kind of like a red, not like a red, red flag, but like, like a flag that says like, here I am. Like, I know what I stand for. I know how to help you. And that way people can actually see it, recognize it for what it is and actually know that they want to do business with you. Um, yeah, a lot of people don't realize that confidence is huge, man. That, and it's not arrogance. It's being people want to be able to see, like, this dude can help me. You know, this dude cares. Oh, this dude is good. Or this guy is consistent or whatever. They, they need that reaffirmation all the time because there's so much noise in the marketplace. And if you're coming to somebody and you're like, hey, I, I can help you. Maybe I can help you here. And saying, no, this is exactly how I can help you. I think. That's where anybody that starts with marketing, you know, I've, I've done everything, wear all the hats and startups and stuff. And I mean, I'm not, that's not something I'm boasting about because there's a lot of stuff I'm not good at, like social media, I'm just not really into it. You know, it's just not, I don't believe it works unless you have a specific product or brand that, that suits the social media fast paced feed, right? Mm -hmm. um, but really focusing in and, and, and stop trying to reach for stuff. You know, we do, I do websites, I do whatever I could to make money. I do print media. I'm not a designer. I didn't go to design school. I'm an artist, but it's, I realized that it's not just, you know, it's not about me making money. It's actually a disservice to my clients. So I need to really take that step back um, out, out of, um, you know, just integrity, right. And say, Hey, what am I really good at? Like for mm -hmm. real, what am I like really good at? And you hang your hat on, it. you know, like the gal you were just talking about, that's just who she is. Gary V. I don't, I, I'm big on arguing with people about Gary V and his, just because he's around, he's speaking to kids, but his mouth and stuff, but Hey, that's, he owns it. You know, people love that. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, 
But don't try to be something that you're not just to make a buck because you can't sustain that unless you're studying it or something. Or unless That's acting awful. is a career, <laughs> which for me it's Yeah, not. yeah, there you go. <laughs> If you if you've seen my videos as a kid, uh, just fun ones like you can you know for sure that there's not a chance I can go to acting school. Uh, I wouldn't even get in. I wouldn't even get in the front doors. So yeah, it, it's exhausting. I think uh, business is exhausting enough to fake it on top of it. It's just it's like as from a selfish standpoint, it's just not even worth wasting energy. <laughs> so that's just my, my two cents. It's a scary time right now too, because there's going to be a lot of people that are going to have, they're going to think they have to do that too, right? Yeah. You know, this is the way I'm going to have to make money now. Especially marketing is going to be one of those industries where people, you know, are going to be jumping on because something you could do from home. It's something that you could sell, something you could learn the basics of. Yeah. And that's cool because I'm actually developing a product right now um, with my business partner on for business owners and just your discernment, really holding your marketing accountable and the discernment with hiring those people. And it's not to put people on blast because we also want to teach marketers the ins and outs and this stuff's important. Uh, Cause you have to understand, people have to understand not everybody cares about your business. You know, yeah. you can pay somebody a lot of money. They don't care. And that's really big in marketing. Well, I guess what you could say that you actually can't pay people to care. And that's, that's true. I think that's what a lot of people do with, uh, and I've been guilty of it too, like, but I feel like that's what a lot of people try to do with like Instagram and Facebook ads is they're like paying to have people care. Um, but the reality is if there's nothing interesting for them when they show up to your website or like get on your email list, like it doesn't matter how much you spend, like they're just going to leave because you can't pay people to care. <laughs> yeah. Cool if you could, but. I want to ask you like, so this is where, you know, Instagram's a big, a big uh, advocate, I guess, of this work. It's all about likes, man. It's all about views. So when you're doing your videos and stuff, like what, di what different things do you do to capture the ideal audience? Because I know there's so many services out there like, oh, you know, I got 100 likes. This video must be good. But to me, I'm like, I could get 20, 20 likes. And if 10 of those likes are my ideal customer, I'm winning. And I think people don't understand that. So, like, do you have any ideas or, or you want to speak on that at all? Like, what you're doing in the video? Um, so, I would say that for me, the thing that I'm focusing on right now isn't necessarily the response um, because it's, you know, we just got done making fun of how Instagram ads, you can't make people like you. But the reality is, is, there's also the other side of the coin, which is that like everything you put out there, like not everyone that even follows you sees your content. Like I have, you know, it's nothing impressive, but I, you know, let's just say I have like, you know, 300 followers, like 20 people see my posts. Um, and so the reality is, is it's, it's hard to kind of gauge by how many people see something, whether or not the video is good or bad. Um, I know for me, uh, the thing that, I really consider the most is just making sure that whatever I talked about was like talking to the right person, if that makes sense. Um, and I think later as that gains momentum, that it'll be easier to tell like based on responses uh, and like comments, how well that like connected, if that makes sense. Um, but I think that's kind of hard to tell where I'm at right now. I just feel like my Instagram following isn't like at a high enough peak that um, a lot of those people are on there, if that makes sense. And so for me, like right now, what I'm evaluating is like video um, 
quality is just make like just evaluating myself afterwards and saying like, okay, like did I speak to the person that I want to speak to? Who is my ideal client? Did I tell stories? Do they give tips? Do they give something that actually helps them? Um, or did I just talk about my business or just talk to anyone listening? Um, and so that's why like for me, I'm like always intentional. Like the phrase small business is going to be in probably every video I ever shoot from like now till whenever, because for me, like I always want people anytime anyone ever sees my video, just like, you know, hear the word small business and know that that's who I'm talking to and that's who I'm talking about. And that's who the tips are for, if that makes sense. Um, and there's different industries I'm looking to hit just because I feel like visually they creatively make more sense for someone who's really in that more like cinematic space of the video work. But, um, and so, you know, making sure those storytelling is based around maybe their industries or maybe using them as an example. And as I work with more people in that industry, then I can actually have more specific advice and suggestions and stories. Um, so as of right now, I don't really take the metrics right too seriously from Instagram only because of the fact that I know that they are basically like crunching my reach on purpose so that I spend money on ads to reach all the people that actually follow me. And so it's just been too, just like been experimenting. Like as I post a video that I think really is really good, I'll like promote it just to kind of see what like kind of things it hits as far as like, did it reach well? Did people engage with it? Do people like it? Do people comment on it? But you, when you promote and stuff, or you, you push it, uh, I guess is what I would call it, is, or boost it, is mm -hmm. it's local, right? You're only focusing on local. Yes. You're not trying to get likes. No, I definitely, like, I'm very, um, I'm very focused with my audience group. And so, um, like, right now, obviously, and I mean, I think any, any small business owner that has friends, like, your friends group is like the first group of people that follow you. And so I know that like, if I go on Instagram and I boost a post and it says, um, boost it to your audience. I know that like half of my audience is like not my ideal client in any way, shape or form. Um, like half of them are my friends or like whatever. And so for me, like I go in and I like do only local within a certain range, within a certain age group, and people who have like interests in small business, entrepreneurship, or people who have identified as being a small business owner or an entrepreneur. Um, and granted, there's a lot of people who are entrepreneurs that are entrepreneurs, but at the same time, at least I'm giving the benefit of the doubt and saying like, I only want to talk to, I want, when I spend money, this video is only going to go to people who identify with a small business entrepreneur, like lifestyle and actual job titles. Um, that are local and that's so important man that's cool because I wanted to touch that because I think there might be some people that end up watching this that just they don't understand like those specifics make a big difference you know and just knowing I think just for you knowing hey I, I'm my niche or whatever you want to call it my bucket is small businesses I don't want to do anything else and that's you know it's, it can be scary because you want to cast that wide net at first and you want to capture everybody but you have to understand uh, that's really difficult to do because not only are you um, competing uh, to get the attention of thousands or millions of people, but you're competing against other businesses that are doing the same thing. So right. that's where it's pretty cool for me. It came down. I don't think I pigeonhole myself in small business or corporation or startups or whatever. I Mine is the ideal customer is you're ready to take 
your company to the next step. You know, whether that's at the beginning as a startup, you want to do it right, and you really want to go through like a 40-day, 45- to 60-day process of really delving this out and saying, hey, in this scenario, this is what we're going to do. In that scenario, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to say. Here's our audience where they're going to be this time of year. And you really want to map all that out in the front end. Let's do it. But a lot, a lot of times you have businesses, like you say, that start and they're like, oh, crap, I can really have to do something. Unfortunately, a lot of those are entrepreneurs and then it's too late. Then they run out of capital. They run out of time. They've got to get a job. And then there's other businesses for like, okay, I got $40,000 left to spend on this marketing budget. I got to make something happen. In most cases, I could talk to those people and say, hey, you need to invest it in your business. Hmm. And you invest it in your business, the marketing takes care of itself. And so I, it's, it's different. Like, and it's cool because, you know, I could say, oh, I only want to do small business. And that would probably still work. But there's a lot of small business owners that are stubborn or traditional. And they don't want to change what they've always done because it's worked in the past. And it's going to take something bad happening or loss or a new competitor coming along doing it better. That's going to wake them up. And I don't want to be the guy that talks them into it. I don't want to sell them. I want them to yeah. be ready. And when you know that and you're confident, you could read those types of people. And typically they're willing to give and commit time and uh, money, whatever it is, resources to be better. And um, that's the same thing with professionals and the type of employees that you want. You want those people that are going to say, okay, I'm going to look in the mirror today. How, what do I need to refine? You know, what am I doing that's causing me to have these problems? And who's on my team that's uh, dragging their feet? Or what customer is just a pain and I'm tired of dealing with this customer A or whatever? I got to get rid of them and focus on somebody else. All this is a pre focus, man. And then that allows you to do your job at an amazingly high level because you're focused on quality uh, for small businesses. So somebody comes in and says, This is my audience. This is my voice this is my message this is my value this is my competency here's our leadership let's do a video on this it's a lot easier for creative guys like like you to really maximize the potential of that right i think i think that's super smart and yeah i mean like i'm just like relieved hearing about this imaginary situation where someone's actually prepared um <laughs> so right yeah it's just it's I mean, my, my job is to create something that they love that produces a great return on their investment. And I can't have a conversation about who their audience is, who they're supposed to be hitting and all these other things, like a half an hour before we got to shoot the video, you know, like that's like a pretty lengthy conversation and quite a bit of a process. I mean, if it was, if it took two seconds, you probably couldn't be able to do a business off of it. So obviously it takes some like time and effort and investment. Um, but certainly having all those things figured out makes it so much easier for me to like shoot something, um, that is very specific. Um, like for example, like one thing as I was reading an article on how like big businesses have been hiring, like, um, like blockbuster movie level directors to like shoot their stuff. And, um, it was just interesting cause the whole thing was like how expensive they are and blah, blah, blah. But they have like this different mindset. They're all about like creating a great story for an audience to connect to. And so I ended up watching a video that um, I forget who it was, but one of the big name Hollywood directors did a video with um, uh, Chipotle. And obviously like Chipotle has had a really challenging like last, you know, eight years, five years or whatever, since they had their Ebola stuff come out. But like the video was just like all talking about how like they really loved how much, um, 
you know, that they were like, it was in a video of the employees talking about how much they loved the effort and quality that they're putting into their cooking. And they're just like, you know, just talking to that customer, this concern about the quality of the food, like reassuring them, them like, hey, no, there's actually people behind the, ca- the counter that actually really do care about their job. They really care about like the quality of the food that they're creating. Um, you know, that commercial is not for me. I love Chipotle, always have still ate there <laughs> no matter what news came across and uh, maybe that's terrible but uh it didn't phase me one one bit uh and i love chipotle but you know for the person the audience who's concerned that's who that message was for and you know what i mean so they 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 created a video that spoke to the problem that people were curious about in the audience that they needed and um so that yeah so that's that's obviously a brilliant tactic on their part um, and knowing who that they wanted to talk to, what they wanted to talk to them about, and then creating a video about that. It wasn't just like a random video about how delicious Chipotle was. It was meant to fly in the face of like the bad PR, which is that the, the food isn't like being made right, um, which I thought was pretty clever. That's a great example because, man, you know, there's like so many different things that they could have done, right? They could have just said, hey, we screwed up, we're better now. And it could have been over but when you that's where you think about like that's this is how my mind works and it's like man i wonder how many people are so pissed off at chipotle yeah they see that ad they skip like screw chipotle i'm never using them again you know they already ruined that perception so i think that's a i don't i would like to see how much i'm gonna research that because i haven't heard about that i know that they had like rats or something um i thought at least i read a while ago but my wife still likes them um i guess for for me, it's always like, does it taste good? Is it healthy? Have they had problems? I'm probably going to keep eating. You know, I'm not like some sort of super over-exaggerating type of person. But um, advertising, man, video, marketing, it's all interesting because at the end of the day, it's how many people are you reaching in a good way versus just how many people are you reaching, you know? So that's why I asked you about the videos and it's something to think about too for the people watching out there, you know, working with Steven and stuff, you know, I think his videos are great quality. I think he does a great job understanding the culture and everything. I just saw that uh, brewery a couple of weeks ago. I saw the brewery one you published and I think it's really good with the, with the owner. It just matches his kind of, I hate to say, but kind of sloth like personality. It's like really just detailed quality, branding, everything. And you know, when you're doing a video though, Understand unless somebody's searching for your video to watch it. Um, if you're not capturing in that first 10 seconds, if you're not actually targeting the right audience, number one, it's important, obviously. But you're not uh, getting that message across 10, 15 seconds, which I think Stephen does a great job of, to be honest with you. Thank you. Um, then you, you know, you can waste thousands of dollars, you know. So take the time, you know, whether you hire me or not. I, that's not even why I'm on here is to help you guys be better. Cause at the end of the day, when you have a more confident business owner that understands what they're doing and why they're doing it, man, that trickles down It trickles down to your contractors, your employees and your customers. And so many business owners, you know, like a plumber, he knows how to plumb. He don't know how, he don't know how to run his business or do his books. He might or market or he'd be a writer or creative. He's not creative. So those types of people, they need help. They need somebody to give them little tips here and there so that they can be successful because they can't really do it on their own. It's not their competence. Um, and thinking outside the box and understanding that, you know, you don't know what's best uh, and to really think things through will really pay off. 
pay dividends in the long run? Well, I think, so there's, there's two things I want to talk about. So one is that I think just to wrap up that point is that all of those other things that you mentioned a plumber would do are like not what he makes money doing. Like he doesn't get paid an hourly to do the books. Um, that, that's all taking time away from time he could actually be plumbing. Um, and so uh, to me, to me, like why you hire a marketer in general is just to have someone to do the work incredibly better um, so that you can actually spend your time doing what it is that you make money doing. Um, so, you know, if you're, if like your business owner, chances are you're also like the main salesman, unless you've hired, hired a sales staff, it's like your job is to go make sales. So then if you're sitting around, like, how do you like use a video camera? then like, what good is that for you? I mean, like eventually it'll work out, but like all of that is time that you could be out selling that you're instead like wondering what shutter speed does, um, which like I said, could pay off dividends in the future, but at the same time, like all you have to do is make the money and pay someone else to do it. They could do it better than you, faster than you. And then, then you'd be making even more money because now that you're out selling and then you have videos out selling for you as well all the time on your website. Um, but you know, like I said, that's the sacrifice. It's, it's a tough thing. It's, uh, business owners are always like in a, a tight spot where they're, you know, tr trying to see where the money is going to go, where it's going to be needed and then trying to put it in the right spots. And I think, you know, just to kind of go back to what we were talking about before, like, it's all about like, how much money do you want to spend to produce like average results? It'd be better off to go through and make sure everything's lined up just the way it needs to be. So that way when you spend money, it goes exactly where it needs to go um and i think um just to kind of piggyback off on that just to like add a little contrast you know there's like people like there's what you're trying to get people to do and then there's like gary v just to bring him up again like gary v has like an absurd amount of energy he's really great at sales so he can fuel other people helping him build his brand and so he is basically like becoming famous on his own like fame is the objective because that, that brings all kinds of other leverage. It's not like he's like, it's not like a ego feeding fame. It's like he can turn that into other money making opportunities. Well, then you take like a small business, for example, like they have only so much energy, probably less than Gary V. And, and then where are they going to spend that energy? Where are they going to spend that money? And it's like, okay, well, it's going to go be back into feeding into the business, you know, putting food on the table, all of those other things. Like they have a family. And, and so you have to be honest with yourself, like how much energy do I really have to spend on this? How much time, how much money do I really have to spend on this? Um, because social media, being popular online, all those other things just require like a sustained amount of energy. And I think that's probably why so many of my things have failed in the past is because I wasn't consistent enough. And that consistency requires energy and you gotta be able to have that energy to give. And so when you look at like a Gary Vee, it's just an unfair example because he just has so much energy. Like there's not a chance <laughs> I could get what he does in an average day. I would like literally die. And so I think business, small business owners just have to be honest with themselves. Like how much energy do I have? How much money do I have? And like, so that way they know like, this is how narrow my focus has to be. Like if I have an hour a day to spend on something, like it has to be the exact right thing. 
And so I think when you then open up your hours as a small business owner and those, that hour becomes successful and now you have four hours, you still want to be able to have those four hours be as focused as possible so that you can use the drive that results. Yeah. And the hardest thing, man, is, you know, what do we want and, and what can we attain? And what's, you know, what's our desire and what's reality? Because we, you know, what's the steps to get there? Are we reaching for it now? You know, Gary is a great example. That's why I can never completely bash him. Uh, but the thing is that I always kind of disagree with is just like you said, is people aren't like him. He has, yeah. he grew up in slums. He was motivated. Is he needed to help his dad. You know, he's a go-getter. He doesn't have kids. I don't think he has a wife. I'm not sure, at least. He has, um, he has so a wife and two kids. Does he? Okay, yeah. cool. I didn't even know. But so, yeah, his so, wife grew up with a dad that was like him. So she's not like high maintenance. So that makes sense. See, even that, that's a great point too, because, you know, my wife's probably different than that. She needs my help and stuff like that. Not that she's, but she, you know, oh, no. she got five kids. <laughs> she needs my help and I want to help. Yeah. Right? You know, and I want to, I want, my home is important to me. I'm not saying that Gary Vee's isn't, but everybody's different. You know, we, you can't try to be like Gary Vee because you never will be Gary Vee. You know, who are you? What's your, what's your capabilities and how, what customers will appreciate who you are? Scary V can boom, 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 boom all day, like you said, and he's cool with it. People love it, but most most of us can't. You know, just trying well, to do that is just yeah. going to be cheap. Well, and most of the time, and like, not to make one of his own points, which is obnoxious, but like, like some people just like want to come home at night and watch like a TV show, and so like realistically, like their goals won't allow them to have the output that he has because at the end of the day, like they want to hang out with their family for three hours at the end of the day. And like, he, he doesn't as far as I know. And so, or at least not regularly. And so for someone else like you or like someone like me who like family is something that we want to spend more of our time on, uh, like more often, uh, that's like, we can't justify spending, you know, 18 hours a day working because that isn't really in line with what we really want. That makes sense. Um, so I think you know, a lot of, and, and that's just a classic thing with like business owners in general is like getting caught between like the working constantly where, you know, it's like you can get yourself in a position where you're like, you're always, always, always working, but then you end up neglecting those other things like the wives or the kids or just like your mental, mental peace of mind. Um, and, and I think that's another reason why like hiring someone like you, hiring someone like me is one of those things where like, it can be something that, um, it can open up time. Like that's, I, that's why I hire an editor to edit like my podcast because it opens up my time to pursue other things, whether it's peace of mind or whether it's like another thing in that business that I want to like try or experiment with, or just deserves my specific attention. Like hiring an editor frees all of that up. And I can tell you that is a substantial substantial help and I mean you because I think you have your wife shoot photos and stuff like that for some of the businesses you work with like that's got to be such a relief to know that she can do that and that you don't have to be like the photography expert too yeah I try to think I am sometimes <laughs> and that's interesting because that's really why you know Stephen and I are talking is because ideally I'd like to have him help out with some of the video it hasn't worked out yet because I haven't had it quite as many recently but you know that's what he does like why should I have to keep editing video really helping people piece together the message is what I'm good at. And, and yeah, with my wife, it's, it's amazing, you know, and that was one of the things that, 
it was hard at first, like I said before, you know, we really struggled, uh, you know, her just uh, trusting that it was going to eventually come into fruition, right? And me having this passion for what I'm doing. And I'm like, yeah. man, I know somebody cares and she don't care about that. She just wants me to come to dinner every night. And so that's really what changed, you know, my whole perception of what I wanted my business to be like two years, three years ago, maybe is, you know, like my priorities, I wanted to have dinner with my family every night. I wanted to be, didn't want to work all on the weekends. And what, what do I need to do to do that? I need to go stay in my element and stay in the pre-focus and stop trying to do all these marketing tasks, find some quality people that can help me. And then that's honest. It's when I started making the most money. So my time, I have more time making more money surrounded by more quality people and my clients have better results simply because I stopped being stubborn and figured out, you know, really what's important to me. Um, but, you know, have my wife be able to do that is pretty cool. And I think that's something I, I wish everybody could do is just to have somebody that works with you because any anytime you hire people like that or you outsource, this, it's a lot of trust. You, know, you, have, you have to be... Uh, you know, they drop the ball that reflects on your business. So um, it can be really stressful and something that's allowed us to really carry on um, without making much change. Right. Cool. So I think we probably should wrap it up here pretty soon. So um, so I just wanted to have like a couple of like uh, tactical pointers for you. So you work with a lot of businesses. What are you, what do you think would be like three, two or three good things um, for businesses to um, that you see them going wrong and they could do better and kind of like jump starting that beginning process of focusing? Yes, great question. I would say number one, like we have to have ample tracking. We have to have, we have to be able to measure results. I think so many times, that's why I asked you about the video. I don't think, I don't expect you to track videos or people's results. But people need to understand, like, what's the main goal here? What's your call to action? You know, who's the target audience? How are we tracking the views? You know, first 10 seconds, 25% of the video, are they watching the full video? Are they sharing it? Are they sending a message? Where's that video at? Are they going from the landing page to the contact form? Are they going from the landing page to maybe another competitor? Like, you could track all this stuff. Um, when they call, you know, one of the big plugs we have is CallRail. Um, we have it on with all our clients to require it. And we, it records the call. So when we have one of our clients say, hey, we're not getting any leads, we're able to say, hey, so-and-so was really rude to some of your customers here. And mm. which brings me to number two, you know, if you got employees, you have multiple pieces in the marketing cycle or the sales cycle. You have to be able to analyze those before you're blaming the marketing or blaming the videos being ineffective. Because a lot of the times we see just people are people, right? Whether it's human error or they're having a bad day. And those are your employees and they can ruin that sale or they could just not care. And if you're unable to actually track and hold them accountable and teach them, train them um, and, and give them a chance to be receptive. And if they're not, you got to move on. If you're not willing to do that, then why are you spending money on life? You know, you should never be putting the buggy before the horse net. you got to have the foundation laid before that. Um, and then the sec the last thing is just, um, I always encourage everybody, you know, how, how, much more vulnerable can you be whether that's your story like mine for a while man it was really embarrassing for me that i got fired that i was handicapped it was a dark time for me i, I didn't want to talk about it you know but it's really where i increased my faith i've uh, really got strong with my marriage um, i have two stepdaughters so really 
really forced me to fail a lot in front of them and pursue my kids and show them, hey, I'm human being too. Um, and I tell that story now because it's powerful. It shows people I'm human. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to persuade you. I want you to trust me. Um, so being able to find ways to be vulnerable, share your story in a personable way that can maybe make you, put you out there a little bit. Uh, people love that stuff because they're human too. And what it does is they have their flaws and their mistakes and their errors that's probably causing them to have to call you or need you. You know, if you're a HVAC guy, you got to come out and fix the air conditioner because somebody's playing dodgeball in the house or something. I don't know. Yeah. You know, you got to be able to, be able to uh, say, hey, we all make mistakes. Um, that's what, what makes us who we are. So authenticity, man. I'm huge on authenticity. As much as you can do it, live videos like this, this is great stuff. Let people see how you respond and on point, you know, be vulnerable and never be afraid that something can affect your business negatively because you could actually be that you know, friend by not doing it. Totally. Well, and just to piggyback off one of the things you were saying, um, like a hundred percent, like your employees are like your biggest marketers. <laughs> like, no matter how much money you spend on marketing, like the employees, like the employees are the people who actually work in the business. And so if you're like, if you're lying on your videos about how much you care about your customers, like every single employee knows that you're full of crap and they're going to tell everyone like, like that. I always like laugh. Like when I used to work at Sprouts Farmer's Market, people always laugh and think I was like a salesman for them because like, they did everything in a way that I thought was so good that I like couldn't help but like talk about how amazing their sandwiches were or like how great like every cut of meat in the meat department was because like I saw it with my own two eyes and like I found the I saw the value in it and thought it was really awesome. And so like for me, I was like practically an ambassador for Sprouts because I believed in what they were doing and I believe the quality was there. So it just made it easy to talk about. And it's like I think sometimes managers, bosses, business owners forget the fact that like the employees aren't just doing the work. They're actually like advocates and ambassadors for your brand. And like, they'll be the one like calling you out. If you're like saying that you care about something you don't care about at all, um, or you're not doing work that's um, great or you're mean to people or whatever else, like those people will be like, no, like actually they're kind of douchebags or <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Or like all they care about is money or blah, 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 or they treat us badly. And then, that looks terrible, and that's way more credible than any video you possibly post online. Yeah. At least that's yeah. yeah. How many employees that you fire and let go or they quit that go start competitors' business? Right. Competitive. And I think, like, I love what you said because that's what's all about, man. I mean, you want to have the who's the first impression of your business, whether that's a character, the brand, the website, the CEO, whatever. Who is that? And if it's the front desk gal, I, or the gal at the register of, you know, or uh, checkout at Sprouts, or, or guy, whatever it is. If if you love talking to that person, that person loves working there. They're interested in you, and they're upbeat and happy and positive and and uh, optimistic about the outlook of the company. Dude, you can read that, and you want to come back. And this is where people don't understand. But listen, price is doesn't matter. Like. You can be affordable. You could come down, undercut people, and, and always have a cheaper price. You can make money that way. Or you can raise your prices and create an experience, create a brand, and really a, a, a 
culture that people are drawn to and that people want to be a part of. So sure. That's really what a pre-focus, that's, that's my end goal. That's what I try to build. That's, you know, how, what is it, what's the first step of that process and then what's the last step? And how do we help you continue to train people, whether that's creating a franchise or that's going global or international? And how do you keep that uh, consistency, that brand consistency of that experience prevalent across everything? That's important. So, Some employees out. That's great. What would you say is like the biggest thing? So I want to help you with, with some things too and be able to bring the value or showcase the value that you bring. So if somebody's thinking about doing a video and they're like maybe afraid of the cost or whatever, like what could you say to speak on that's like, hey, like how do you explain the return of video? Because I think videos, like obviously they're evergreen. Um, they're always there. You can optimize them. Um, but a lot of people are like, man, it costs a thousand bucks. I can't do that. Like what's the value? So I think um, for me, a lot of it is what the video is for and where it lives. Um, so a lot of times, especially if it's a company that's shooting video for the first time, a lot of times what they're doing is shooting like a commercial for their business. Um, and that commercial is just basically showing off like what they stand for, the quality of their work, and them talking about you know things that they want to be known for. Um, a lot of times that goes on a landing page on their website. And so I think, um, you know, I don't know, I can't remember the statistic off the top of my head, but I wanna say that like landing pages with videos do like, it's like, I don't know, I, it's probably way higher than this, but I wanna say it's like 40% better. Like the conversions are like 40% better. And so my thought is, um, is the value of the video is, is really in a lot of ways kind of dependent on what you're selling. So if you're selling, you know, a thousand dollar service, and you have 100 people that go to your website every single month, right? And then you have, let's say, you know, 10 of them convert and become clients, right? So let's just say, you know, you do 40% better than you're doing like another, like two, three. So then you're doing 14, right? So then if each one of those, so those four, I mean, I'm sure my math is terrible, but like, let's say those four extra clients, they'll make you 4,000 extra dollars every single month on a thousand dollar video. That's, that's a pretty good investment. Now, if you're selling like thimbles to people who are like knitting and you make like 10 cents and thimble, well then that's just going to take, you know, that much longer for that video to convert. Um, but a lot of it just depends on like if you, people go on your website and you're making money, then you increase how many of those people actually pay. All you have to do is kind of estimate in your brain, Dave, like this, if typical landing page videos do 40% better and I'm getting X amount of customers per month on my website, that's how much more money I'm going to make. And the reality is for most people, that video is going to pay for itself in probably like three months and then immediately start making more money. Um, for ever or you know until you change your product or you change your service or something else like like that video is going to live on there and obviously you're going to want to update it here and there like maybe employees change locations change services you offer change but i mean i think like i said i think it kind of depends on website traffic and what they're selling but chances are that if you just did the math in your head the reason to do a video and spend even several thousand dollars would be substantial R R A L. Um, 
ROI, excuse me. Um, I think if you're just posting videos on like Instagram and Facebook and YouTube, just realizing that that is like a long-term play and knowing that there's like a strategy involved in that. And that's something that like someone like you would be really great to set it up because it's like, if you have a strategy, then you can put together a plan. And so that you're not just like putting videos out there and hoping someone sees them. And one day they visit your website and one day they decide to, you know, spend money. It's like, if they're going to the right people at the right times and there's like a system, like they watch this video and then they watch this video and then they get this email and then they get this call to action. And then now they're spending money. Then you actually have like a plan to have that return on investment. Otherwise you're just posting things to Facebook and as cool as that sounds and cool as it seems like the reality is, is that's going to take a long time to start making money if you don't have a plan. That's so a great one. There are always like a little card to kind of, determined at that point if there's no plan. Yeah, and that's why it's so important. You know, you've touched on it, it's perfect. You gotta understand like number one, what's your acquisition cost? Like what like if you're selling thimbles, it's a great example because you know what's it cost per thimble? What do you have to make? You know, that could be a little bit more difficult versus, you know, for me, you know, if I sell a two thousand dollar brand development service, like I can spend a thousand on ads or YouTube or whatever, and and still have a two, you know, one to one return, or whatever the case may be. Is you know, when I acquire that customer, are they going to continue spending? Could it actually be ten thousand and not just two? You know, being able to understand those things before you're going in, you know, because it can be scary to spend that much money. Um, but then also understanding, yeah, like you said, man, I love it. I love it. So being able to, you got it on YouTube, you got it on Facebook. That's just not enough. It's just not enough. Um, you know. You got it on a landing page. You got it on YouTube. You got it on Facebook. You got it on LinkedIn. You got a, a snippet on Twitter that links to the YouTube page. You got a call to action on the landing page. You got a follow up video, like you said. But I, I want to say, just to end the call here, just because I know we're throwing a lot at people right now. If you have to move and watch this all the way to the end, but uh, search engine optimization SEO is something that's really misunderstood a lot, and it's not about keyword cranking. It's about um, topics. It's about uh, deliverables really and so I just did a video for example editing right now it's about exasperating children Ephesians 6 4 and, and me and Eric Craskins um, talk about there's four ways like what does exasperate me and I think it was uh, like, uh, abuse like, uh, verbal abuse uh, ignoring uh, making fun of or embarrassment or something like that so I could do that video I'm going to do a video on coaching it's like how to exasperate children on YouTube um, but what I can also do is break down each of those four things, create separate videos, publish those on Facebook and stuff. Oops, I got live video ended. That's fine. Anyway, so um, you you see my point, and I'm building a story. So when somebody watches, okay, point number one is this. Now I click to point number two, and what it tells Google or where the platform you're at, even on Facebook and stuff, it tells them that um, or it tells you that they want to continue reading so it says this video is good which is what right. it measure it's measurable and it also gives you more titles like ignoring your children can cause them to withdraw from you you know so anybody that's searching anything like that they find that video then they watched all four of them then they watch the whole thing then they share it because they found you because they're searching online and there's just so many ways to maximize your video. So I'd like to offer, you know, next customer that you're working with that's interested in doing something like that, that I'm willing to, you know, help you guys map that out for free. Uh, 
and to just so that you have a case study and I have a case study that shows I have a, a, a 45 minute explainer video on YouTube about this but to just see the value in maximizing your spider web, I like to call it. You know, if you're trying right. to catch a fly, you're not just going to have a spider web up in that corner. You want to have one up down the whole wall. You know, so when something's flying by, they're going to stick on it. And then they're going to look up to see where they're at, and they're going to find, oh, here comes a spider. And it's kind of maybe went too far with that analogy. but <laughs> And then they die. <laughs> SEO is huge, especially right now. Everybody's doing video. Everybody wants to publish topics that are on the same things. And if you're able to take that topic and build it out like a book, like a story um, with different chapters that are all ranking online, man, I'm telling you, we have 10, 15 clients right now that are just dominating with a couple of searches because we get them all. And that, that takes the $1,000 investment that could turn to four. Now it turns to 40. And that's, what, that's what's magical about it. Every business has got to make money. No matter how, you know, uh, much of a anthrop not, not an anthropologist a uh, philanthropist that you are and no matter how much you like want to give back and care for people the reality is is like you got to keep the doors open you got to pay for air conditioning you got to feed your family and so having those things that you have in place to make great money is, is super huge um and that's awesome that you're able to do that seo for them too like obviously that's hugely important without getting into it like we transcribe our videos and do stuff like that just so that way like the video content is like searchable and usable put captions on at the whole nine yards just because that text is so important still like Google has a long way to go before it's going to be able to like watch videos and know what it's about. And so, uh, you know, we try to do everything we can to make the SEO happen, but clearly that's paying dividends for your clients uh, to be able to have those search engines uh, pop them up because that's how they make money. Can't make money without getting people to your website. Brand identity development webinar. Search it. It's all free. I did it a couple of years ago. Everything you can talk about's on there. Um, you know, we're here to help you guys. But I wanna. That's what. That's what we love to do. You know, we end up making a video for you or building a brand for you. That's all. You know, a plus. But well, shoot me. We want yeah, shoot me the link to that, and I'll put it in the YouTube. Right. Sweet man. Well, thank you so much for jumping on here. I'm so glad we were able to finally do this. And uh, it's We're uh, sit down sometime. This is just the prefix. Right. So yeah, so maybe just for the end of the video, just tell me like where people can find you online. Sure. So yeah, prefocus.solutions. It's not prefocus.com. Um, I'm probably most active on Instagram and that's at the prefocus. Um, so yeah, just keep out. Uh, I, I don't have a lot of content going right now or a lot of building right now. So um, there's not really a lot to follow, but a lot of great tips on my blog, a lot of uh, transparency, a lot of um, just failures that I've had and things that I've learned. If you want to read through a lot of this stuff's pretty long, um, you know, give me some feedback. I, I love feedback. I love questions. And that's why, um, you know, just going back and forth with me. That's what I, I feel. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks you so much for doing this. This is awesome. No problem. Hey, man, thanks for having me staying persistent on me, too. Appreciate it. 100%. Just so you know, the live video on Instagram ended itself. I did not end that live stream. I guess there's a cap. Probably an hour because we're at 104 right now. Oh, okay, so. yeah, that's totally what it was because it was like all of a sudden it was recording and then it was like live call ending on 30 seconds. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. So <laughs> just I didn't want you to think I was like ending the live stream in the middle of you talking on purpose.
No, it just startled me. That's all. <laughs> I saw you see it. I'm like, what? <laughs> I just.